You have worked really hard for that license in your wallet. I mean, you've had 16 years of humiliation, begging for lifts from people who couldn't give a shit about your image. Les, you've had to stand and watch as all the pretty girls drove off in some older jerk's car. Humiliation, I know I've been through it, but that's all over now. Les, that thing in your wallet, that's no ordinary piece of paper. That is a driver's license. And it's not only a driver's license, it's an automobile license. And it's not only an automobile license, it is a license to live, a license to be free, to go, to go wherever, whenever, and with whomever you choose. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Special week. Tristan, special week. Special guest. Very special week. Special guest. Very, very special guest. Star. We have, <laughs> we have with us all the way from New York City. Yes. Um, with a vast time difference and many oceans between us. We have Gerard Milligan. From the Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood podcast, from Astronomy Club on Netflix, many, many things. Many things. Welcome, Gerard. Thanks so much for joining us. No, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. I want to make it to Australia one day. You know? I was going to ask. You've never, you've never been? No. One of my writing partners, he's from Australia. I don't remember where. Ah, and every time right. I talk to him about going back, when he describes how long the plane ride is, I'm like, <laughs> bruh. It's the worst. A, it is actually the worst. Because what is it? It's, it's like over 18 hours or something, right? Yeah. yeah. And you stop over in LA. Actually, if, if you're in LA these days, typically it's not as bad. It's just one flight that's about 14 hours, I think. See, I don't want that. I don't want the, <laughs> I don't want the one 14 hour flight. <laughs> well, you, you can, can't come anyway because we're locked yeah. down. So we're affectionately we're, known oh, globally really? as Oscatraz now. Because even if wow. you're from Australia, you can't get in and out or out. I didn't know y'all were locked down. Yeah. Listen, least least your government cares because um, well, we're open. We're yes here. and no, because we we were doing well for, in the first wave, and then I think the government was like, "Yeah, we got this. We don't need to rush the vaccines." And then the Delta strain came, and now we're all locked. We're literally back at square one. Like we're we're in like full mm. lockdown. Can't do anything. Oh wow. That's why Greg and I aren't even in the same room right now because we're not allowed. Mm. Wow. I didn't know y'all were locked down. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I assume, like, I, I was in L.A. for most of the lockdown, and we were locked down. And even now they have the, you got to wear masks indoors, but they still won't officially lock it down. I think right. they're scared to ever do a full lockdown again. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think we might just be, because I have friends now who, got the vaccine who are getting COVID. So I think like, Oh man, this could yeah, be going man. on for a while. <laughs> yeah, man. This, this yeah. is a whole new thing. <laughs> yeah. You won't have to worry about that 14 hour flight for a while. It seems. Exactly. Oh, None of man. us will for better or worse. No, no, no. <laughs> but on the happy things, cause um, you guys had to watch my, you, you know, I, I want to describe before we say what the movie is, I need to, I feel like I need to preface <laughs> the, the movie is not my favorite. It's the movie, like, when I was younger, my mom used to work a lot, so I had Showtime and HBO, and during the day, they would play all these, like, random 80 movie, 80s movies, and right. this one, I remember, because I remember, um, actually, I remember a scene in this movie that doesn't exist, 
So maybe it's from another movie. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember being those, like, yeah. I remember being a kid and not knowing what good and bad movies were. But I remember looking at them and going, yeah. I can do that. I, I remember actively saying, I can do that. If they can do it, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> As in make make the movie or, or just like what they're doing in movies. the movie. Make movies. Make yeah. movies. I was like, I can do that. Um, not knowing the process. Because I think yeah. I must have been like six or seven. But I remember actively watching this movie and being like, that one I can do. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, I mean, that's probably about right. You probably could have when you were six or seven. And now you can make much better things. <laughs> Listen, no, 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 no. I just want to make that one. <laughs> <laughs> is that just, so? You you said you just came from set. Is that what you're working on right now? Are you oh, are you working look, on the, listen, the reboot? I'm working. No, I'm working on a late night show, and it's funny because I keep trying to pitch movies that are um, in shows that are just without a message, kind of like this movie. Yeah. And like you know, especially if you're like black right now, everything you do has to like. What's the experience? Is it slaves? Are you talking about oppression? I'm like. Nah, I'm talking about this dude who's just trying to like get this car so he can get this weed and just have a good Saturday night, but everything goes crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like that's all I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah. So like, what is it? It's, it's like uh, Harold and Kumar. So it's like um, yeah. Leroy and, and Jamal <laughs> <laughs> drive to Weed Emporium. That's what I'm making right now. <laughs> uh, we do not have the Weed Emporium here. No, yet. no, but it's funny because there's so many weed spots here. Like, I, I'm fucking able to name all, all of them. It's too many. It's too <laughs> Every time I see them, I'm like, how the hell did everyone know these bills are going to pass that you were so ready? Mm. They were so ready. Yeah. You're so ready. But anyway, so this movie isn't technically my favorite, but it is the movie that helped me to side, decide to get into Hollywood. Yeah, all right. So it, it impacted wow. you growing up. That's, yes. That's, that's wow. fair. Yes. That's fair. There you go. I don't want anybody <laughs> being like, that's a movie that made him do it. This movie ain't great. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. It's not. I mean, this is the movie that got me into lying to everyone. So I had a, it was quite poignant <laughs> really? for me too. No. Ah, ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Before we get into all that, I want to make sure I really, really, really plug Black Man Can't Jump in mm-hmm. Hollywood podcast because it is the best movie podcast out there, in my opinion. Oh, thank you, thank you. We've been listening for a while. I have to, I've had to stop listening though. I've said this to some other movie podcasters we've had on the show because I can't listen to other movie podcasts because I'm scared I'm going to accidentally like copy the yeah. thoughts. Oh, something. You know, so, yeah, yeah, I get yeah, that. Yeah. I, I totally get that. I yeah. say that with um, blank check all the time, but I still yes. troll them no matter what. Like I don't care. I was like, <laughs> like I troll them. <laughs> so like, I where, I, that's that's where I first came across you was on blank check. I think it was. Um, God damn. Uh, after so Earth. After Earth, oh, I think. which is so trash. <laughs> yeah. So garbage. Like, why would you take the most charismatic actor in the world and then have him be sidelined and grumpy <laughs> and then take his son, who is a very nice human being, but also not as charismatic as his dad, yeah. and make him the lead? Like, there was a real period the there where they were really pushing the, the Jaden Smith thing. Mm. I'm not even mad at that because Hollywood has pushed John Cena for Man. so long that John Cena is a celebrity. <laughs> like, once The Rock left, they were like, do everything The Rock did. Host Kids Choice Awards. You know, get in fast in the yeah. years. Literally, John Cena, and this is no shade to him, but it's just like, you have forced this man down my throat, and now yeah. he is in blockbusters. It's, it's, pre- like, it's pretty much the least interesting mm. casting choice you could put into a Fast and Furious movie. Is he in it it's now? Just, yeah. Yeah. If I was them, I would have hired Jason Momoa. 
Yes, that's good. Mm. That's but then, good. but then the Rock would have had. I mean, uh, Vin Diesel would have had to work out, and I don't think he likes that anymore. He just does all arms, <laughs> yeah. all arms, man. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that man doesn't even. I watched Fast Five recently, <laughs> not realizing it was ten years ago. Right. And I'm like, look at y'all, both shredded. Even though that's the movie that made the Rock get humongous, yeah. and mm. I'm watching them fight. There is no way in hell Vin Diesel is winning that fight. The Rock. They have. Uh, they have it in their contracts that neither one can lose the fight. Mm. Oh, is that why it just stops? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's like this whole thing. I think maybe even Jason Statham as well. So that's why there's all these fights, but then there's nothing, there's no. Like no one gets you know, knocked it's out. Just, it's just something that happens, yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. But then also I want to shout out Astronomy Club as well on Netflix. Thank you, thank um, you. Awesome show. I realized in preparation for this pod, I went back to rewatch it. I realized I hadn't watched the last two episodes. And so that was a delight. And oh, I'm well, happy you watched it. It had one of my favorite sketches in it now. The um it's the one, because we've we've covered the movie on the podcast and had similar takeaways. Was the one where you're holding a press conference because you're the hero that defeated oh, Chucky. <laughs> man, John wrote that sketch and we kept talking about it, and I was like, yeah, well, those movies make no sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Because it's Just like, it. <laughs> unless he's super strong, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, yeah, hit him with something. Like he's a doll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, like I, I even I know they have like a Chucky movie and a TV show coming out, and I'm like, what's the point? Like he's a yeah. doll. Unless this little motherfucker can like lift up a car and he's like invincible, like Jason. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Burn I think him. The- mm. The reboot was interesting because I think he he was like a, a, a smart home device. So I think he yeah. could connect to other things. Because you're right. Otherwise, it's maybe he gets the element of surprise once or twice. But there's no way he's taking down I'm not running people. from him. Like, yeah. I'm in a room right now. <laughs> and if he popped in the door, I'm going to hit him with this microphone. Like, there's no, like, what are we talking? Yeah, it's like, what are we doing, dude? If he has a knife, I'm going to, like, take it back, hit the knife out of his hand, and then just step on him and be like, we're done. <laughs> in the movie mm. it's a short movie but a good movie that one yeah it was like <laughs> the smartest horror movie of all time kick him <laughs> throw him out the window that's what we yeah. do <laughs> classic hey Dra, I've got a um, when we have a guest on the show I've got a, a little rapid fire questioning I like to throw at the guest if that's okay it's a little you know I'm ready A or B I'm ready uh, 10 questions um, just to give the, right, the listeners a bit of a sense of what you're about uh, and where your preferences lie. Um, well, so, right. they can learn that I'm drinking LaCroix and about to eat applesauce out of a to-go <laughs> pouch. Yeah, so that lets right. you know what kind of person. <laughs> what Can I ask what LaCroix is? I don't know if we have that. Oh, yeah, we don't have that here. Oh, you don't have LaCroix? LaCroix is like the very hipstery sparkling water that comes in many flavors. Mm, is that like a grape <laughs> flavor there? Blackberry. This is black raspberry. Black raspberry. R A Z Z. Oh, raspberry. Ah. All right. Keep well, it classy. <laughs> here we go. Uh, Indiana Jones or Han Solo? Indiana Jones all day. I wanted to be Indiana Jones. Really? Like, in all honesty, if you were to ask me, like, like, oh, what did you want to be if you were an actor? It would be Indiana Jones. And it was, I legit at one point wanted to study um, history, but I was confused because Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones, I was confused on what he actually studied because I know he taught a class, but yeah. he knew bones. He knew like mm. history. He knew so his 
his knowledge was so grand. I was like, I don't know what this is, but I want to be that dude whipping all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I had a similar experience and I enrolled to do archaeology as one of my subjects at uni. But mm. um, but I dropped out four weeks later. End of story. <laughs> Glad I shared that. <laughs> I remember that when I was a kid, I I think I, this came up on the Indiana Jones episode, but I told some, I was some family member I told that I wanted to be an archaeologist because of Indiana Jones. And they were like, well, everything's already been found, so don't do that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what type of person says that to a kid? Exactly. Like, yeah, your dreams? That was, People did. It's like some already. Truman Show shit. Like, yeah, yeah no, just stay, stay in your little box. <laughs> yeah, you're, you, yeah, we get that you want to do that, but, like, it's been done. Your dream is, your dream is done. <laughs> you're worthless. Oh, you poor child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, question two. The Rock or Vin Diesel? The Rock, all day. I grew up watching wrestling, WWF, Attitude Era. So I was there really? before the hype around The Rock. I was there when he was doing the People's Eyebrow, when he was pretending he was like a black Elvis type dude. <laughs> you know, know your role, shut your mouth. I will always be a Rock fan. Uh, I was. I saw Scorpion King in theaters. <laughs> really? Scorpion King. Wow. Wow. I, don't, I think that was at the movies here. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. It was it awful. Was. It was <laughs> awful. And it got like 20 spinoffs. It was like, come on, man. It looked so like he wasn't, it seemed like he wasn't going to make it for a while there. Like he was just going to be like a B-grade guy and then suddenly. Because level. you know what he did? It was like, I think he stopped trying to be a good actor. And that's not to diss him yeah. because I really enjoy him. I think at one point he was like, yo. Because he got popular again because he would go into franchises that were yeah. bad and just be the best thing in the franchise. Mm. Yeah. And to be truthfully honest, I think Fast and Furious really helped him because that's when he got really jacked yeah, yeah. and mm. he became like a super badass and then it was off. And, and he was better than everybody in the movie. So yeah. it was like you were in the Fast and Furious movie that went from went from being about car chases to other stuff and you are massive. He took him to outer like, space. <laughs> guys, I saw it. <laughs> but the thing is, I am a Fast and Furious Super fan. Like, I've seen every last one of them in theaters, except for Tokyo Drift, because I'm not sure if it was in theaters or not. But I even <laughs> like Tokyo Drift. I like Tokyo Drift. It's got that Aussie babe in it. Who's yep. name is Dude, I like that. I like that better than Fast, Too Fast, Too Furious. That's my least favorite. Uh, yeah. I saw that in cinema. I think that's the only one I saw in the cinema. I'm confused by oh, all man, the You got to see him. Yeah, yeah. The naming know. convention is. Uh, oh, yeah. Furious confusing. 7. Fast five, <laughs> final just, final eight. It's bad as Rambo. Yeah, yeah. I can't keep up. <laughs> um, <laughs> next question: Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan? Ooh, Jackie Chan all day. Rumble in the Bronx. Mm. I just watched it recently. Yeah. Um, nice. Also, Jackie Chan was like forty-one when he made Rumble in the Bronx. So Jeez. doing all his own stuff. Also, also, I love Bruce Lee. I used to love martial arts films, but when you watch Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee does like almost like the same kicks and punches after a while. And it's like, oh, he does them very fast, very well. But when you watch the actual moves, it's not as intricate as you remember. But when you look back at like Jackie Chan, I mean, when you look at the stunts, literally him jumping from one building to the other, jumping onto the The hovercraft and breaking his ankle. He had a balcony jumps. Like, like... like the jump where he has to like they're pushing I think a fridge or something, but he has to like jump up and like yeah. kind of hop over it. Forty something doing that. Forty something. So when he started doing rush hour, he was in his forties. 
I'm here, Jackie Chan, all day. Yeah, that's strong rationale. Strong rationale, <laughs> all day. Um, next one is Pamela Anderson or Sally Field. <laughs> Pam Anderson. I'm gonna tell you what's so funny. I, was, I went to visit my parents. My mom was watching. <laughs> serious um, response. I like it. <laughs> it's, it's 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 because it's like I love Sally Field, but I had never seen Sally Field younger until two days ago. <laughs> okay, um, I had watched uh, that movie with her and. Um, uh, Burt Reynolds, um, mm, Smokey and the Bandit, the Smokey and the Bandit, Smokey and the Bandit, and I saw her. My mom was watching it, loving it, and like, oh my gosh, she's so young and so cute, but she comes off cute. Mm, but I yeah. grew up during the era of um, Baywatch mm. and barbed wire, so like, yeah. exactly, <laughs> Pam Anderson all day, you know, all day. Yeah, that is the more common response to that question. Greg, Greg has a thing for Sally Field, and he's on a mission to find someone else who has the same thing. <laughs> you listen, no, That's I get it, man. As, I'll take that. Yeah, the, the, hardest, the hardest choice I ever had to make was like someone asked me, who do I love more, uh, Catwoman, Michelle Pfeiffer, or Flintstones, Holly Berry? And I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. Oh. Like, I don't, like that is my childhood crushes and I have, yeah. I cannot pick. I, well, why should you have to? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There is no need, <laughs> you know. Good. Well, look, I'll take that as a Sally. Um Van Damme or Seagal? Van Damme, all day. Come on now. Yeah. Street Fighter. Van Damme. Also, Seagal never looked like he could fight, even when <laughs> right? he was young. Him just slapping people. Like, I was like, what are you doing? Van Damme did the splits. <laughs> Van Damme could do. First off, even though Street Fighter is a terrible movie, I know Van Damme can do that backflip kick that Gal does. <laughs> and it's like, come on, man. Johnny Cage, baby. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> No one's exactly. making no game for Van, me, uh, Steven Seagal. <laughs> that would be an average game. Although, yeah. Have y'all seen, if you Google, like, he was at some tournament recently or people started posting photos of him, like, fighting some champion dude and he's, like, slapping the guy. Yeah. And the guy, like, falls. And I'm like, wait. Yeah. Is this fake or did he really beat this dude with slaps? Exactly. Have you it's, seen the, the Instagram handle McDojo? McDojo Life, I think it's called. No, I'm about to look it up right now. Yeah, it's basically just that sort of stuff. So fake martial arts people who are obviously phonies. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Biggie or Tupac? Um, I would say Tupac is tough because I know Biggie was like the better rapper and more love, but I just liked the poetic side of Tupac. Like, again, like he... I liked his recklessness, but also loved that like he could make a song about his mom. I love that he liked poetry. Mm. I love that he... Honestly, thought about like God and the devil and death, but I also love that he could like make California love, or you know, I get around. Mm. So yeah, all day. Yeah. Also, love poetic justice. So yes. I'm a Tupac dude all day. Agree. These are these are very good answers. I got to say, you, on the spot. Thank you. Thank and, you. Uh, and uh, very considered. Yeah, considered. I know what I like. Yeah. I know yeah. what I like. Yeah. I'm very old now. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a few more to go. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation or Die Hard? Die Hard. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Die Hard is one of my favorite movies of all time. Die Hard and Predator are the best, and I'm sorry if this sounds sexist, but I consider <laughs> them the best man movies ever made. Yeah. And by that, I mean like, you know, uh, Predator, they have the, the, the handshake when it's uh. like their muscles are bulging or whatever, makes no sense. And then when you watch <laughs> yeah. Die Hard, the fact that he's like running around barefoot and cracking wisecracks the whole time. Yeah. Die Hard is my favorite action movie. And it's a movie where I'm like, if I get to make an action movie, 
I wanted to be like Die Hard because he's not buff. Mm, yeah. He's like, he technically doesn't want to be there. Mm. Like, he doesn't want to do yeah. or have to deal with any of that stuff. He's not like Arnold, who he's got to like, wants to save. He's like, no, man. My wife left me. We're breaking up. I'm trying to get here, give her this goddamn gift. Now I got to fucking kill y'all. Mm. Like, that's yeah. the action movie I want to make. The that's idea. the thing with both of those movies. They're both John McTiernan movies. We've covered them both on the podcast. And I've realized with that guy, he's only made a handful of movies. But both those movies, they're like so, you're right, like excessively manly but at the same time like subvert some of the tropes. Like he's not a huge superhero in Die Hard. And then in Predator, their guns do nothing. There's like a scene where they're literally like firing all their guns into the bushes and does nothing. Mm. And it's sort of like this. The manliest movie while also making fun of manly yeah. movies in a way. The They're all like dripping with sweat and with muscles. Yeah. It makes no sense. It's yeah, like- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Haim or Feldman? Feldman or Haim? Um, Wait, I don't know Haim or Feldman. What's that? Uh, the Corys. Corys, the Corys. Oh, ooh. Ooh, I didn't know their last name. I actually like. Um, <laughs> They're like Prince. It's so funny because I know them as Corey and Corey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fair. I think I like Haim is the one who passed away, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I like Haim the most because Haim felt like the average Joe guy, whereas like they kept trying to make the other Corey seem cool, even though I'm like, this kid isn't cool. But I like the <laughs> other one. I like the other one. He felt more like, yeah, he felt more down to earth than me, man. Just yeah. trying to get the girl to like him. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I know the answer to this one Batman or Superman? Come on, man. Fuck out of here, Superman. I don't believe in no Superman. It's like, I I am a Batman stand to an extent where, like, some of my friends have gotten a chance to writ, uh, write Batman comics, and I've been utterly jealous. I was like, I've never been jealous really? of humans in my life, but, like, they could have wrote any, they could have wrote fucking Superman. But they What's your favorite Batman, Batman movie? Ooh, Batman Returns all day. Yes. Because Batman Returns, it is darker, but it is, it is, um, the closest to a comic to me yeah, is like, yeah. it's a little bit bigger. It's a little bit darker, but it's a comic. It's like, I know everyone loves um, the Christopher Nolan movies, but to me, like that's not, that's not, that's not Batman. Mm. Batman isn't serious. It's a rich dude who dresses mm. up in a suit to fight <laughs> crime. I don't need to give a shit why he uses gauntlets. Like I don't yes! care. Yeah, yeah. It's like, he's a bat. Oh, thank he's you. dressed like thank a bat. You. Then, and then the most interesting movie that people talk about, no one cares about him. It's like yes. we talk about Joker in that movie. We don't talk. Yeah. What scene from Dark Knight are we like, yo, Batman was dope. We talk about Joker. Dark Knight Rises was awful. And Batman Begins yes. was cool because Christian Bale is a really good dude. But like Scarecrow wasn't Scarecrow, you know? Like, yeah. uh, mm. This is music to my ears. This is... Oh, I, get, I rant about this all the time. It's like he's a, he's a man that dresses up as a bat. He's His like parents got killed. Crazy. That's the backstory. What more do you want? Yes, yeah. it's like he's crazy. It's like at least with Michael Keaton. It's like first off, the most controversial thing is I said on Twitter recently that, um, and I I believe it. I think Batman and Robin is more enjoyable than the Dark Knight, and I say that <laughs> because it's corny, it's bright. Yeah. They don't take themselves seriously. And it's yeah. fast. The Dark Knight Rises. Sorry, The Dark Knight Rises, I meant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is that the Bane one? The Dark Knight Rises is, is yeah. the third one. Yeah. It's long. Mm. Like, the plot twists don't make no sense. But the mm. best Batman, controversially, my favorite is Michael Keaton, but the best is Ben Affleck. Because hear yeah, me out. Right. Ben Affleck, in his movie, 
He does detective work, which we never see in any other Batman yeah, movie. True. He can fight his ass off and is in a wide shot so we can see him fight. That happens in no other Batman movie. Yeah. He has gadgets, which we see him make. Um, and he has the black and gray costume and it looks dope as hell. And he physically, yeah. literally watching Batman vs. Superman, the fight when he has to save Clark's, I mean, Martha is, is straight out of Arkham. It's like, that dude is my Batman. You know what I mean? He yeah. just, he's like Pierce Brosnan. Probably one of the best Bonds, but had bad Bond movies. You know? That's a great call. Interesting. That's good. Like, if we, every yeah. Bond movie was like, um, Goldeneye, we would be calling Pierce Brosnan like the greatest Bond of all time. But the problem yeah. is he only had one Goldeneye. The mm-hmm. rest of the movies were. Yeah. The problem was he was too successful and the rest of the movies became trash. Yeah, they were trash. Goldeneye's great. Yeah. Well, should we talk about this? We movie? should talk about this movie. <laughs> what all are right. we doing so again? this movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, License everyone to listening to this. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> License to Drive came out in 1988. Big year. Big year for movies. Mm. Coming to America came out that year. Rain Man came out that year. Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out that year. Um, Beetlejuice, Dirty Rod Scantles. And and this movie came in at number 45 in the global box office, License to Drive. Hey, that's under 50. It's not bad. We've done plenty of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies that don't even make the top 200. So Yeah, look at that. <laughs> well, there's, it's, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good number. It, it, in Australia, not many people were going to the movies in 88 because we had uh, a World's Fair here called Expo 88. <laughs> um, oh. So it was taking most of people's attention for the majority of the year. It was, it was very culturally significant. Uh, allegedly. I don't allegedly. <laughs> But yes, this movie came out in July of 1988. Budget of eight million dollars with a gross of 22.4 million dollars. Not bad. Not mm-hmm. bad. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 24 percent. Audience score of 61 percent. <laughs> hey, is that good? Gap? 61 is good, right? I yeah, it's so. good. Yeah, for the audience. Hey. Um, the critic consensus. Uh, they have some nice wordplay here. Uh, despite a hardworking cast and a premise that will appeal to its teenage target demographic, this deeply silly comedy only has a license to drive audiences to seek better films. Oof. That, you <laughs> can, you can see them patting themselves <laughs> on the back as they wrote that no, one. That's yeah, pretty good. Like, Honestly. Nailed it today. That's so shady. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's not bad. It's someone's job to write that. It's fascinating. But, Gerard, this was a big one for you as it turns out. Um, you've already talked about how it's, it is – Maybe the it planted the seed that would go on to inspire you to enter the world of... It did, man. I yeah. remember watching this movie and thinking like, now as an adult, how I equate it is, they're really bad, but they get to make a movie. I can be able to do this. I, it, yeah, like, okay. I don't know how it was when I was a kid, but I remember watching this. And also, there was a scene, I'm trying to figure out what scene it was. I thought there was a scene in this movie where um, Corey Haim gets handed a colorful condom, um, which as a kid, I was like, why did someone hand him a lollipop? Like, what, like what's the deal with these fucking <laughs> oh, lollipops? Right. I like, because they look like lollipops without sticks. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. I was like, what the hell? And I could have sworn it was in this movie, but we're rewatching it. I was like, I didn't see the scene. And I'm like, huh, am I thinking of another Corey and Corey movie? Um, Interesting. Did they, did they make a bunch of movies? Let me look right now. Corey. They did a few. Yeah, they made a few. Corey. They could have also cut the scene. Maybe, but I'm like, but, what? but I'm like, I I feel like I remember it. 
so they made three movies. Well, they made more than three, but at, in the eighties there were these. There were three movies. There was um, uh, Lost Boys, Lost Boys, this, and then one called Dream a Little Dream, which I don't know much about. But maybe that's the one. Maybe it's Dream a Little Dream. Let me look at this. Dream a Little Dream. First off, good for them for like being in movies together. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, I got more on that later. It gets it gets pretty dark. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Also, all these eighty movies are super problematic now. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing. But the whole premise of our podcast is like uh, they're all out. All of them have at least race and gender issues, oh at least God. by omission, at least by not having any characters mm. that are not white and male. So it, it's it's on the one hand we do this podcast and we want to call out it call it out every time but then on the other hand it gets pretty boring for that to be <laughs> you know like we every movie basically doesn't have a female character with any dimension to them unless you're doing like a league of their own or something like that but but, but yeah cuz usually they're just here to oh this is like freaky friday no this can't be it um that's like freaky uh, friday oh that's so weird um they're all like super sexist and they all have like scenes yeah. that are super skeevy like even yeah. license to drive there's a scene i'm like oh yeah oh this is th- this isn't fun uh, <laughs> uh, yeah there's there's a few Lily, oh. i'm like all these famous actresses i'm like heather graham you had to make this movie well, yeah she's, right? she's, she's cut it from her bio movie. apparently so her, her, I, her, I get it yeah her cv it's not it's not on there anymore i get it it's like you don't you don't want this credit you're sleep for half the goddamn movie yeah in a, in yeah, a boot. right yeah, like it makes no sense. But I always wanted to make one of these movies. You were, yeah. No, I, like, I always wanted to like, because I feel like these movies, when you watch some of the 80s movies, they always had that one kid who like was kind of cool, but not the coolest, but like mm. had a chance with the girl. And like, I always wanted to be, I always felt like that guy. And honestly, growing up, I never realized I didn't look like that guy. Um, it was just like, right. hey, this is what the guy looks like in the movie. Like watching action movies, I had no idea that Will Smith and like Wesley Snipes were the only black dudes doing it. Like I just did. I assume they just yeah. this is who made the action movies, man. This yeah. is just what it is. Right. Yeah. So for this just, movie, I had no idea. So you what you weren't like an obsessed fan of the the two Corys? No, man. <laughs> I just remember. You know what? I remember them, and um. It's crazy because now even thinking about it, I'm like, did I mix movies up? Like, I remember them and yeah. I remember I remember that condom scene. And it's so crazy because I, I can't, it's not in the movie. So, I don't know if I made it up or what, but. <laughs> Sounds like a great I, I scene, just, though. Man, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. I wonder what, it, I want to find it now. We'll have to, we'll find it. We'll find it at some point. Uh, good, 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 good. <laughs> Greg, was this a big one for you? Uh, yeah, yeah. This was a this was a cool movie. So <laughs> in '88, I would have been six years old. Um, so it probably came out here you know, the right next age. year. I would have been at seven or so. My brother um, is five years older than me, so he would have been you know like eleven or twelve. And I'm pretty sure he modelled his look on Corey Haim somewhat. He had like the blonde <laughs> sort of quiffed kind of hair. Oh. So he was he. Was, I think a lot of kids around that age did. Um, f- unfortunately for me, I had red curly hair, so I, I looked less <laughs> like Corey Haim and more like the sister or maybe the mum. Hilarious. <laughs> but again, like you, Gerard, I probably didn't realise that at the time, so I was there probably trying to trying to get a bit of a Corey vibe going. 
Yeah, man. All you're trying to do is just like be cool and fit in. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. He was the cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating because I, I didn't know these guys yeah. existed when I was a kid. I had no idea. Well, so it, it's a couple oh, of yeah. years. I'm a, as, as I say, like because I'm a little bit older than you, Tristan, and, yeah. and the older brother, like introducing me to this stuff that I probably yeah, wouldn't have true. seen otherwise. Yeah, so this right. wasn't – what about you? No, I, I hadn't seen it before this week and um, I'd heard of it in more recent years but like growing up I had no idea who the Corys were. I thought like – because you know on The Simpsons they had a character, the teen idol character that was Corey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here are some words that rhyme with Corey. <laughs> I didn't know that. I guess that's based on these guys. Yeah. I didn't realise. And so as I got older and I heard people talking about Corey, I was like, is that what The Simpsons thing? And Yeah, anyway, it took me a while to connect Interesting. the dots. But yeah, I had no idea these guys existed – I think I was more of a Macaulay Culkin, Elijah Wood era uh, kid. They were, they were my kids. My stars girl. That I was, yeah, yeah, exactly. My girl. Um, the good although son. The only movie they made together was The Good <laughs> Son, which is pretty dark. <laughs> which is super dark. Yeah, yeah I want to do that. Delightful romp. I want to do that too. Yeah, we'll cover it at some point. That point. movie I haven't seen because I was a big Macaulay Culkin fan. And and when he started just killing people, I was like, I can't. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I reckon, I think our parents must have let us watch that just thinking it's some kid's movie. And then he makes the bolt gun. And then gun he kills, and kills a dog the, with a oh, bolt gun. I can still yeah. remember that. Oh. He tries to push um, poor Elijah Wood off like, um, what was that? He tries to push him off a cliff yeah. or something like that. They're both hanging. They live in a very yeah, precarious position on, you know, you don't want a psycho kid running around. There's too many ways for him to kill you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Should I get into the origin story tell of this movie? Tell us about the origin of course, story. Please. I'm scared for you to tell me about it, but yes, please. <laughs> origin story. Now, this is usually the part where, where I do some digging and I find up some rich history, some rich tapestry mm. of, of how this movie came to be, and usually it's some clever insight that some clever guy came up with somewhere. Is. There's nothing. Or, or based on a French classic. <laughs> Based on a French novella, perhaps. No, this one, <laughs> it's not what I expected. I mean, there's a little bit, but there's not much. I've just got some facts, really. But I assumed, based on the whole Corey's thing, I assumed that this was like, okay, the Corey's are hot right now. We need to find a, a – we want to be in the Corey business. Let's find a, a mm-hmm. vehicle, so to speak, oh. to, to ride this, uh, this, this, Corey, this Corey trend, this Corey wave. <laughs> yeah. But that's actually not what happened at all. So – um, it was written by a first-time writer, Neil Token, who went on to write Richie Rich and Jury Duty. Oh. Um, first-time director, Greg Beeman. Ah, uh, the Beeman. Who went on to, <laughs> went on to direct Bushwhacked uh, and a bunch of TV shows, Jag, Heroes, Once Upon a Time. Um, the, the, the closest thing I could get to an origin story was him saying something like, you know, the driver's license is the ticket to freedom in America. So I guess that's the central Stop core it. idea to it. I, I but that's agree, all. though. I agree. I was determined to get my driver's license when I was a kid. I was like, I got to get it. 16, I had it ready. Right. I had Did it you? quick. Mm-hmm. Had to learn it's this permit early. I, I was very adamant. I was the first one of my friends to drive. Yeah, really? Really? It's embarrassing because me and Greg we're are not those people. both like. Yeah. We're, we're mature <laughs> entrance to the um, license world. <laughs> How old? Um. I I got my learner's permit as soon as I could, but I was in the younger yeah. half of the grade at school, and so all my friends got their 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 P's, we call them here, which means they could meant they could drive properly. And so I kind of just missed that mm. initial wave and was getting rides with friends all the time. And then it just 
I never got around to it. And then I moved to New York and then I didn't need it. And so I didn't – oh, I technically got my licence before I moved to New York but I didn't drive at all. And so I didn't really even get my first car until about four years ago. What? So that was just, yeah, yeah, when we moved back from New York. We moved back from New York and then I we got a car and I still don't drive all that much because we still live pretty in a city. Um, yeah, it hasn't been a big part of my life. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. In transmission. Wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> wow, I had no idea. I was yeah. late too. It was such a big deal though. Yeah, I got mine when I was like 30. So yeah. What? Yeah. I'm like 39 now, so I got it pretty late. And I kind of only got it. I was like, uh, I've got like a serious girlfriend. We're probably going to have kids. I can't be like a dad or my elves driving the kids around, so I better get my license. Mm, <laughs> mm. Now, but it I was, was freedom. 16, baby. I had it like, I think I had it maybe a week after. I, I think I had, I was obsessed. What was the first, the maiden voyage? What was the first It's so funny because I, I wasn't allowed to, drive with friends in the car at first Um, but i remember the first maiden voyage to me was um driving the car to school because i didn't have a car but my mom let me like use her car once and like being able to drive to school on the freeway and like make it yeah i was like hey baby we did it and then one of my (laughs) friends one of my friends who isn't rich but he had like a little bit of money maybe a week or two later showed up with like a brand new Toyota Camry, all gold. And I was like, <laughs> motherfucker. Man. God damn it. Taking my joy. <laughs> uh, my friend, my best friend had uh, got his license and lived down the street from me. And so he picked me up for school every day. And he, he got a CD player installed, which was a huge deal. But he only had one CD. I think it got stuck in there or only had one CD. And it was the CD single <laughs> for Destiny, Destiny's Child, Independent Woman. Oh, <laughs> so, but, it, but it was quite fitting because, you know, we were young, Angels? independent men. Yeah, from Charlie. Yes. Oh that was like god. our anthem for being young and independent, you know. Oh my god, that is the worst. <laughs> that is the. But it was worst. a CD single, so there were like five yeah, versions yeah, you of get the, the same yeah. song. You know, the back in the day, the they Latin had like, mix? and here's the techno mm. version, the Latin mm. mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. uh, but anyway, this movie. So it wasn't designed for the Corys specifically. In fact, at, at one point, John Hughes was in the mix to potentially direct it. Potentially with Anthony Michael Hall as as the lead. That makes sense. Ben Affleck even auditioned Ben Affleck, Batman himself, um, for the lead. So it wasn't necessarily you know the Corys. And um, in fact, Corey Feldman, the other the the sidekick, um, actually auditioned for the lead. And I've got a clip mm. of him talking about it because it's interesting. Because I think the narrative around the Corys is they were best mates and they made lots of movies together. That's but what they I were thought. actually just. They they were friends. It's, it's a little complicated. I've got to be more on it later. But they were friends, but they were also competing for these roles and then they happened to star in a few together, but it was never the goal to go and make movies together. Oh. And suddenly this fad started, if you will, the Corys, you know. Um, and we were kind of, you know, both a little skeptical of that whole thing because it was like, who are these Corey guys anyway that everybody keeps talking about and what's so cool about them? Um, besides that, we were pretty much like, you know, we, we wanted to stay individuals. We wanted to do our own things. And I had been auditioning for License to Drive. Um, I really thought the script was very funny. It was, uh, it was, it, it was just very broad. There was a lot... A lot in the script when I first read it. And I remember thinking, boy, that part of Les, that would be perfect for me right now. That's the uh, the obvious next move in my career <clears throat> to 
do a film where I really carry the film as opposed to, you know, having it rest on some other guy's shoulders, you know. Um, so I, I auditioned rigorously for the part of Les and uh, got a call from my agent one day and they said, well, we have good news and bad news. I said, what's the bad news? They said, well, the bad news is, uh, well, you're not going to get the part of Les in License to Drive. And I said, well, then fuck them. You know, just forget them all. I'm getting out of the business, they said. But the good news is that you did get the film. They just want you to play the second fiddle guy again to uh, <clears throat> Corey Haim. And I was like, you know what? This is blasphemy. This is this is an outrage, uh, cursed producers. And I was just furious about it. But I accepted the gig anyway because that's what actors do. Wow. Interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Fascinating. I could never picture him like them in reverse roles for this film. Yeah. And it's funny. I looked at the trailer for the movie that he did after this, and that Corey is the lead of that one. And the other Corey plays like the friend. So yeah. he oh, finally really? got the lead in oh, one of the Corey movies. He yeah. finally got one. And I've never mm-hmm. heard of it. Apparently, there were other movies, though, that they both auditioned for that. This Corey, Corey Haim kept getting over that Corey oh, uh, before no. this. So there was a bit of, there was tension building. Mm. But then this is the thing with these child stars too. That's like they all go for the same roles, like Leonardo DiCaprio and his pussy posse and all that oh, stuff. Oh, dude, it happens all the time. Like um, um, me, John, and James go out for the same part. Really? All this. It is literally like everyone keeps talking about the diversity boom. And I'm like, the diversity boom is booming for people who've been around for a long time. Like if you're, if you're named, yeah, last right. name Washington- or you're Zendaya or Michael B, <laughs> yeah. you're crushing. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? If you're one of the other black folks, like you're still going out for like the same parts. It's just now, yeah. like literally, the it's one of those things where, of course, we all are very supportive, but at the end of the day, you're like, damn, I still want to get it. Because it goes from like, mm. oh, I want to get this thing. And then someone texted, oh, I just got this audition for blah, blah, blah. And someone else goes, I just got it. I just got it. Oh, I didn't get it yet. Then a week later, I just got it. Um, uh, so you go from wanting a thing to like rooting for, you know, one of you yeah. to get it. So at least somebody in the group gets it. But then you're also yeah. like, all three of us are so drastically different. And the things we play yeah. are drastically different. So it's like, I totally get what he's going for. Like, I've gotten stuff that like, you know, James went out for. James has gotten stuff I have gone out for. John has booked stuff over us. It's like, it just is a... Whose day is it? Yeah. You know? Yeah, right. Or it's one of our friends who books it over all of us and we're like, fuck that dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listened to your coming to America episode. I think did uh, all of you audition for that? I think two of you. I, I think of- I know I did. Um and I know the thing about it is is that we all knew Kenya personally by that point. Yeah. Um and for instance, like I know Jermaine um pretty well. Well, James, I think, knows him a little better now because they work together. But it's like Jermaine is from the same area of D.C. as I am. So his his comedic timing and cadence, we sound very similar. So when I saw him, I was right. like, God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, it happens, but it happens so often because in the comedy world, it's not, that, it's not that many new faces that get to make movies and star and stuff. Like, for instance, like yeah. the comedies is still Kevin, it's still Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Like, even in that movie... Jermaine is hilarious, but Jermaine doesn't deliver a lot of the jokes. It's still Eddie, you know? Yeah. So, um, 
like we, yeah, like it, it's still kind of a weird space um, for a comedy, at least for yeah. like. And the thing is, some of us, Jermaine included, like all of us ain't that young. Like a lot of us are like thirties, so it's like still waiting for that people almost fifty to like pass the torch. But a lot yeah. of them pass won't the do it. Yeah. Like Judd Apatow and them are really good about it. Um, like they will have older mm. comedians, they will have younger comedians, and it's like cool. This comedian, this movie is Steve Carell's movie. The next one is Jonah Hill's movie. Next one is Seth Rogen's yeah. movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that does not happen. Like, you would think... And it, and even for each of them, like, that that was each of their breakouts too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Steve Carell... is Steve Carell now, but when 40-Year-Old Virgin came out, it was like... He wasn't... Certainly not here. ...that famous yet. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He was so, not the guy. Yeah, you're right. I think Judd does a good job of, like, giving people their shot. Instead of just having the same people all the time over and over again, mm-hmm. um, yeah, interesting. Well, we, we're doing a movie recently. I think we talked about this and just how it would just be nice to see movies with new people yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. especially because you want to buy into the characters. And so often it's so hard because you've you just got, see the movie. Yeah, star. and you've got so much. Yeah. Um, you know, you've, you've seen them in so many other so many other things. So much yeah. stuff. So I know you. Anything that's so yeah, tricky, yeah, like yeah. If, it is, if it's a celebrity that is very big on social, I'm yeah. watching you. Like I'm not watching yeah. like the character. Like for yeah. instance, sometimes I'm like, I'm a big Zendaya fan, but also Zendaya is really big on social. So it's like when I watch her do stuff, I'm like, I'm watching Zendaya. You're not lost in the movie and the yeah. character. Yeah, and it's tough. Yeah. Like it's funny because this article came out when it was like, um, who posted it? Was it Chris Hemsworth? I think it was Chris Hemsworth. Um, for the anniversary of like Thor or some shit like that, he reposted the Entertainment Weekly of when yeah. him and Tom Hiddleston got cast. Yeah, I and saw it was that. like, oh uh, yeah, Marvel, Marvel takes a risk, and I'm like, they <laughs> yeah. don't do that thing anymore. Like, yeah, or at least like it's not across the board. Like Tom Holland had been in some stuff, but like you would never say Tom mm-hmm. Holland was a name mm-hmm. uh, to get in it. But when I look at like Black Panther and stuff, there is not a non-famous black person in that movie. Like yeah, right. Michaela Cole right. just got in it. She famous. Like Lapita is famous. Yeah. Angela Bassett is fa- Chadwick was the black dude who was in every black movie. Michael B is my like yeah. there was there was no starting from scratch. Hitless. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um I hope they do it differently with um uh, Lando. I'm not sure um I'm not sure uh Donald Glover is gonna come back to do the Disney Plus series, but I'm like, please just uh, right. Like if you recast yeah. Black Panther, I'm pretty sure Chad would be happy with a new name person. Yeah. Like I'm pretty yeah. sure he Pass would be like, torch. yo, don't cast somebody famous in this. Like yeah. I feel confident that that's how he would be. Um, and if anyone can get away with it, like a franchise as big as that, it's not as star dependent. Like, no. Exactly. It's a litany of stars already. Yeah. yeah we care about the character. Like, you know, like, like literally mm. – as long as the person doesn't do a terrible job, it's like they will be famous. Like Tom Hiddleston wasn't famous. Yeah. Like Chris Hemsworth wasn't fa- like they weren't big. Like mm. just let this Chris shit Hemsworth be was on Dancing with the Stars in Australia just before Thor <laughs> or the first Thor. That's that's where he was at career wise. So fascinating, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, anyway. So the, the, I'm glad we had some tangents there because I have nothing else on the origin story of this movie. Well, great. <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's play the trailer. Meet the Andersons. Yes. They're all awaiting a big event. 
for your information, this is exactly what I ate when I was pregnant with all of you. But Les is excited about an even bigger event. Less than 48 hours away, the people at the Department of Motor Vehicles are going to be handing you your license. His reputation is riding on it. Do you think there's any chance we could get it Saturday night? Not a chance in hell, Dean. The date of a lifetime depends on it. Mercedes Lane. But it doesn't look good. You failed. He failed? Honey, what is wrong with you? Ah! Is this the end for Les Anderson? I thought that we had a date tonight. An innocent girl. Harmless drive. What could possibly go wrong? See, license whoa, to drive. Hold on, hold on. Uh, you gotta show him the rest. Oh? Oh, okay. Les knew that he could regret it. This is it. I'm up! I'm up! I'm up. He knew he might be sorry. Aren't you drinking rather heavily? This Mercedes has a dead battery. Okay, okay, do your breathing. But he did it anyway. There's nothing to worry about. It's like a sign. A sign from the big Mr. Goodwrench in the sky. Will Les get the car home in one piece? Will his father leave less in one piece? You are damn lucky your mother didn't go into labor time. No, I? I am in labor! What? License to drive. Does it have a happy ending? Cool. What a cool <sighs> guy. Wow. What a cool guy. Sometimes with these movies, uh, it, the trailer is just better it still is so like, it's like that, instead man. of going to rewatch the whole movie yeah i like the graphics yeah that were cool that were cool uh this is the part of the show where greg does a little plot synopsis in case uh, anyone listening hasn't seen it in a while good luck mm. with that um <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot yeah look i'd <laughs> say this one is a classic coming of age slash white privilege story uh, <laughs> a tale of boys will be boys <laughs> Like most kids his age, Les Anderson wants nothing more than to get his driver's license. He has visions of cruising down the streets with his pals, checking out babes. But there's one problem. He failed the computer test. But here's a twist. Out of frustration, he smacks the computer, causes the system to shut down, and he just goes ahead and does the practical test anyway. Now, fortunately for Les... (laughs) America's second dad, Uncle Phil, otherwise known as Shredder, (laughs) is waiting for him in the passenger seat. Love this. And he has a beautiful time. So he passes the test, but then back at the DMV, they find out he's cheated and they rip up his driver's license. But Les doesn't let this stop him. He just goes about lying to everyone that he actually got his driver's license. And then he doubles down and steals his parents' car and drives around with his best mate Dean for a night of hijinks and adventure, all whilst having a drunken teenage girl in the boot of his car. And at the end, all is forgiven and he gets on with his life. Man, 
I don't. I won't go first because this was my first viewing. But what about you, guys? Gerard? How was? Did you watch it this I week? I watched as well? it right before we got on, and um, <laughs> oh yeah, or at least I was watching it throughout the day, and it wasn't fun for me. It was like it was it was it was <laughs> it was bad. It was like <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> Honestly, it made me question. Wait. Is this the movie? But also, like, is this what I felt when I was a kid? Like, did I mm. feel like I knew yeah. this movie was bad? Because I do love, like, I'm a big coming coming of age story. Like, my girlfriend makes fun of me all the time because I still will watch, you know, Age of Seventeen or something like. I love those goddamn movies, man. Like, dope, yeah. all that stuff. Mm. Um, love those movies, but like this movie, I don't. Even, no part was redeemable. It was like I don't <laughs> like either one of the Corys in it. I really, really yeah. felt bad that Heather Graham was in this movie. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah. I was like, man, it's not as problematic as like, you know, some some of the other '80s teen movies, but it's still pretty problematic. Yeah, I mean, like the dude it's, trying to take photos. I was like, this guy's disgusting. And then they put her on yeah. a, in the trunk, and I'm like, yeah. I, you know, th- there was not a person yeah. of color in the entire movie, not even an extra. <laughs> no. Um, I was yeah. like, good God. Except James oh, Avery. Except for James Avery. Oh, except, James yes. Avery. except for James Avery. Yeah. Um, and even him, he was the big, scary black dude with the. Yeah. Yeah. I was oh, yeah, like, yeah, all right, yeah, man, yeah. cool. But it's James Avery, who has always been bald. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, here's a fun fact. I didn't, I can't take credit for this. I found it on the internet, but I verified it. The, the song that's playing in the car. When James Avery is in there, is the Jazzy Jeff from Fresh Prince song? Yes, it? it was before. Yeah, and it was before Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Wow! Hit, hit so the how, button. That's a that's wow. a wow, isn't it? Wow. Really? Wow! That's, <laughs> wow! Now I'm working on it's my own Wilson impression. <laughs> yeah, but that's how I felt about it. Like this time was painful, man. Mm. Like honestly, like I almost didn't want to finish it. Like yeah. once the because once they, he gets home, I'm like, okay, the movie's clearly done. Also, this movie's like an hour or like <laughs> it's like it's like ninety minutes. It's super yeah. fast. Um, I'm like, oh, the movie's done. He's home, but we have a whole nother fucking adventure yeah. with him and his yeah. parents, and he's driving in reverse. I'm like, this shit don't make no sense. No yeah. more. Like now we just gave up all. We don't. We're not trying. Now we're officially <laughs> not trying. But yeah, yeah, painful, my friends, painful. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it in two sittings because, yeah, I, I got a little bored. And then I just started getting distracted. And so I realized I had to stop and start mm. again the next day because otherwise I mm. wouldn't have picked up on anything. Um, but when it started, at first I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting because a big one for me that I always go on about is uh, 80s movies with animated opening credits. Mm. So that's a big You're that's halfway a there. Big win for me. I'm, I'm in. I'm like, this is great. It was also a Beatles song, a terrible cover of a Beatles song, but I'm like, okay. Drive my car, okay. Yep. Yeah, and like, um, right. and in the opening scene, I didn't know if it was a dream sequence right away. It was that that weird thing on the school bus mm. with um, it was almost like a Freddy Krueger mm. type of deal. Oh yeah, and I was like, I, yeah, and I was like, okay, this is a weird. This is not what I was expecting again. Oh, what a strange movie! And and then it all just then it gets bad. Even doubted. Then it was yeah, this is everything we're saying after yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was rough. It was rough going. There was because I hadn't seen it before though. There was still an element of um, not really nostalgia, but more just the novelty of it. I suppose that 
how 80s it is and all that kind of nah. stuff. <laughs> but um, but there's there's probably better options out there <laughs> yeah. for that fix. What about you, Greg? Yeah, I, yeah, much much similar. It had been a long time since I'd seen this film, uh, and yeah, it, it's a little bit less believable than it was <laughs> as a child. There's a lot of law breaking going on in this. Can I add? Like, yeah. Mm. A lot. lot of it with um with zero consequence, and we'll probably talk more about that. But like, ah oh man, I don't know. I just it was uh, very different and less aspirational than I remember. I remember just thinking <laughs> this guy was cool and he drives and gets the babe, and um, yeah, that's not the. It was oof, it was tough. Lucky it was short. Yeah, it was yeah. very short. It was very short. Could have been shorter. <laughs> shorter. That's no the movie. Thing- that means it's an epi- that's an episode of a TV show. <laughs> yeah. I think the the main thing that you touched on it, Greg, is the lack of consequences to anything. Bro, like he, they continually you? just go <laughs> way off, breaking laws willy-nilly, no consequences. His dad brings him champagne and then he's like, oh, you, you lied to me. I don't understand. At the it's end weird. of the movie, his dad goes, oh, who taught you how to drive like that? Must have been a hell of a night. Yeah. And they just yeah. like, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. You had to drive in reverse <laughs> because your son ruined the car. Yeah. And then his dad then, fucked up his and then car. And just making like, a joke about and it. And they all just laugh <laughs> about it. Like, this isn't financially crippling He's, at all. As a dad, <laughs> like, he, was, he was cool. Let's just go through the dad for a second. Cool, but yeah, not a good He dad. lets his licenseless cool son drive dad. at the beginning yeah. to pick up Heather Graham. He's like, oh, I really like that girl. He's like, why don't you take the car for a spin, son? you got no license, but just. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's got like five kids. He doesn't even seem phased by the fact that he's got a 16-year-old and he's still slaying. He's got like a newborn twins and a 16-year-old. Yeah. And at the end of it all, he's like, uh, don't worry about it, son. And I get, <laughs> if I left my shoes on in the house, I had a problem. Yeah. This guy was just. Yeah. Yeah. Just out here wilding. Yeah. Listen, you know, he had a different home, a different upbringing, <laughs> you know, had a whole different life. <laughs> he's, he's definitely the kind of kid that would swear at his parents and not get in trouble. You know, that I, I still. <laughs> what the fuck, Dad? <laughs> what the fuck, you man? I still can't God swear, Dad. I still can't swear in front of my mum. It's like an automatic filter. Same, um, but same. she listens to the podcast and she's like, "Oh, I didn't realize you swore." <laughs> <laughs> my mom cannot. Every time I was just home for the first time in a year, and she's like, "Oh, I think your podcast is on like um." On like Spotify or like some like the uh, Alexa can play it. I was like, don't you ever listen to that? <laughs> I was like, don't you ever freaking listen to that podcast? It doesn't exist as far as you know. Leave me alone. I had to record from her house. I recorded in a closet because I was like, I don't want you to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> Leave me alone. We don't have the luxury of telling my mom not to listen. We need the numbers. So yeah, she's, a, she's our biggest fan. She's our biggest fan. Yeah. Listen, I refuse to look at the numbers. Braylock looks and I'm like. Don't tell me nothing. Like, don't tell me <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's hard. You get addicted to looking at the numbers if you start. It's uh, it's good attitude not to look. Mm. Yeah, I look at no numbers. I look when we post stuff on um, social. I don't look at any reviews or any. I was like, man, right? Keep it don't pure. bring me no bad news. <laughs> don't bring me no bad news. All right, we'd love some news. <laughs> some news. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know there was supposed to be, um, well, there was apparently after Corey Haim passed away, Corey Feldman said that they were working on a sequel called License to Fly. Yeah. 
Oh my god! And then there was going no. to be a third one called "License to Dive," as in diving, I suppose. Like high diving? Or? That has to be. <laughs> jo- he had to be joking. I don't know. Well, he, no, the stuff he, he the stuff he says these days it's hard to take just, anything. Just a bit of a tripper. Because yeah, he yeah. was like, this was all Corey's idea. He was driving it, and then he died. It was going to be magic. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh. License. Honestly, I would have saw it. Yeah. License what? to fly? Come <laughs> yeah. on now. Well, I was going to say earlier when you were saying you wouldn't mind remaking, I was like, look, there might be, uh, you reach out to Mr. Feldman, there might be, you know. You could I got a feeling he would be very keen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I'd, I'd so remake it. I'd be like, yo, this would be fire. I think the <laughs> third one though, the license to, license to drive, license to fly, then it should be license to kill. Follow a trajectory like Fast and Furious, where it starts as you know a driving thing, and then they so find the end of it just after a Bond agents. movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bring oh back um, who was in that? Was that uh, who was licensed, licensed to, to kill? kill? Uh, I don't know. I get them all mixed like, up. Was that George Lazenby? License. Oh man, no, that, no, was, that was on Her Majesty's. Yeah. yeah, it was um, Timothy Dalton. To kill. That was Timothy Dalton. Oh, ah, yeah. that's the one. See, that needs a remake, so there you go. There you go. Wow, and it came out right after this, 1989. Ah, oh, damn. Synergy. Synergy. Wow. And should we talk about the Corys? I did a little research on the Corys because I didn't know a lot about them. I think you're going to make me sad. but uh, It's a little bit sad. I'll try and end on something. Ni- oh, actually, no, it's not true. I'm looking at my notes here. It's not going to be Oh, no. But basically, I, I, obviously, I didn't know about these kids when I was a kid, but in growing up and being more just – through pop culture osmosis, learning of the Corys, I thought there was a bit more to them. But as I said, with this movie, it wasn't so much like the Corys movie. They just both happened to get cast in it. And and there were only really three movies in terms of what, at the height of their fame that they were in together. So there's The Lost Boys, which is where they met. They met on The Lost Boys. Then there was this and then there was Dream a Little Dream, all in the space of just a couple of years. And then after Dream a Little Dream they were like, we need to stop making movies together. They were like, it was a conscious uncoupling. They, they wanted to have their own <laughs> identities, didn't want to be the, the two Corys everywhere they went. Mm-hmm. And um, But then later they did do more movies together, um, but they were all straight to video, things I've never heard of, mm. like Blown Away, but not the Jeff Bridges movie, mm. um, National Lampoon's Last Resort, Dream a Little. <laughs> How apt. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Dream a Little Dream 2. I think they had a reality show for a while maybe yeah, as well. Yeah, they did. They were on Surreal Life or something like that. Yeah. Dream a Little Dream 2. I got to look that up. Dream a Little Dream <laughs> It should be Dream Another Little Dream maybe is a better way. <laughs> 1995. 1995, yeah. It was, it was way past the um, height of the fame. Um, but this movie, so with with – Behind the scenes of License to Drive is where shit got a little started going off the rails a little bit, or what? potentially potentially on the rails. Did, yeah, uh, they were, yeah, yeah. Go so on, they I'm were sorry. they were fifteen and sixteen in making this movie, but they were already like living large, getting loose. I got a little clip here where Corey Feldman talks about it. He doesn't explicitly go into detail on the drugs, but he does at one point say, um, "Oh yeah, Corey Haim was off in space the whole time." This was this was a weird period because it was when I was, you know, I was rough and rowdy teenager. I was were, uh, hanging out a lot with Sam Kinison, who spent a lot of time on the set in my dressing room. Um, you know, had a lot of crazy parties on the set and off the set. Um, Corey was, you know, 
in outer space during most of it. So it was it was kind of an interesting experience in and of itself for that regard. There's a few more. Cl- I won't play them now because it's all saying the same thing. But the, it seems like this is where it started. And in the next movie they did together, then it got really off the rails. The dream a little dream thing, and they were just like on all kinds of drugs. As they weren't even eighteen wow. yet. Like crazy, crazy shit. Mm. And there's there's a whole documentary on YouTube. I think it was. It's, it seems like an E True Hollywood Story type of deal, but it goes into just how fucked up it was for these kids because they get treated like adults, they get treated like movie stars, and they just like they get treated like commodities. Yeah, and then they just yeah. they're just given everything they want, and so there's no filter of like what's yeah, normal they're just and what's done not. with them. Yeah, yeah, and they just yeah they really represent the dark side of Hollywood. Really, like, man, we've talked about this before because. We always talk about how the Stranger Things kids, the, the world gets so obsessed with these kids and then you worry that they're just going to be thrown out later on. Like it's pretty it, fucked up. The way people treat um, Millie Bobby Brown yeah. and um, what's yeah. the black kid, uh, the way they treat them is weird because Millie is dressed like an adult and that fashion week and stuff and so is that black kid. And I'm like, yeah, y'all are not treating these two yeah. like kids. Yeah. yeah. We said and, the same, um, yeah. I remember someone did a post of like, you know, what uh, Zac Efron and like Ashley Tisdale used to wear when they were the same age to premieres yeah. like five or six years prior. And it was like all kind of mismatched, not knowing what they were doing. Yeah. Whereas like Millie got this tight outfit and her hair is done and my man got like the fitted suit. I'm like, this shit is crazy. They're yeah. children. They're um, children. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally. And I think her, like Millie and the younger kid who plays Will, are actually the age yeah. of the characters. And I'm like, they're kids, dude. Yeah. I'm like, where yeah. are your parents? Like, uh, uh, I don't know, man. I was listening to Conan O'Brien's podcast recently, and he was talking about fame as being the ultimate drug, like quite literally. And it's addictive and, you know, like mm-hmm. heroin. You wouldn't give a kid heroin. No kid should become famous like that because it just becomes this crazy addiction and then your fame starts to yeah. expire Look and you got to find that hit elsewhere. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh, my oh. God. Looking at when they, I watched that doc and them playing her, the old interview she used to get. Like, matter of fact, her and um, I think Brittany and Scarlett Johansson probably have had some of the most offensive interviews in modern oh time. Oh, my like, God, yes. Someone started, was it Scarlett who did it? But someone did like a mashup of like Scarlett's Marvel interviews. Yes. About the underwear and, and stuff. Yes. Yeah. And it was just like, uh, why would you ask? Like, why would you ask that? And it makes <laughs> sense. It's like, you didn't ask nobody else that. Everybody got skin tight suits on. Like, yeah. Black Panther skin, his suit, like, literally, it's so funny. It's like, you didn't ask anybody. And um, what's his name? Uh, Tom Holland talks about wearing a thong. Right. You don't give a fuck <laughs> if he wears a thong. Yeah. You don't yeah. care if he wears one. Uh. Oh, yeah. man, it's it's got to be better, man. It's got to be better. Yeah. got to be bad. better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, these guys with, I mean, these guys are sort of the poster child for how bad it can go mm. for, for child stars. Damn. So, yeah, Corey Haim passed away in 2010. But interesting, I mean, he was on drugs at the time. He had a pretty, pretty, messed pretty up. hard back half of his life, didn't he? Yeah, but apparently the actual cause of death was pneumonia. So mm. he... Oh, wow. That's yeah. what got Bernie Mac, too. Really? Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Really? It was pneumonia. It was pneumonia. Yeah, shit. I'd say Hayne probably put himself on the ropes through the years of 
yeah. drug abuse. His immune system was probably not all that great. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking uh, this may sound dark and maybe it is dark. Maybe it's this is a, a, a pitch for a movie idea. It's a, it's a Hollywood. Oh, here we go. An 80s Hollywood tragedy and it's the story of the two quarries, right? You get, you get um, Aaron Sorkin to write it and uh, you make it like, you know how I did the Steve Jobs movie and it was the three acts were like the three product launches? You tell, hmm. you tell yeah. this story through behind the scenes of these three movies. So they meet on the set of The Lost Boys, things escalate on License to Drive and then Dream a Little Dream is where they part ways um, for better or worse, and then that's like the the arc of of the Corys, a Hollywood eighties Hollywood tragedy. What are you calling it? I think I got to go into the darkness. I think I got to go into the dark too, man. I it's gonna, gotta, yeah, yeah, it's got to be dark. Yeah, and it can be a, it can be a what's the cautionary tale, you know? Yeah, maybe that's what it's called, Greg. A cautionary tale, <laughs> <laughs> a tale of two Corys. Yeah, but I say you had a cautionary tale, or like um uh. Oh, no, that's too dark. Never mind. I was going <laughs> to say, like, say like um, the license. No, no, never mind. That's too dark. That's too dark. That's too dark. That's too dark. Never mind. <laughs> hey, you know what's interesting? Oh, no. Roger Ebert gave this movie two and a half stars out of four. I he read said, his review. He's like, it's not bad. He was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's fine. I did, want, I did like, uh, he goes on to a, a long story about his own experience with learning to drive at school. He really tapped really? into something for old Ebert. Wow. He has these wild cards every now and then, doesn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I thought this movie was a bit like a shit Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. Felt, it felt just like that. It felt you got like a couple like of guys on a, on a one-day adventure. You've even got the disgruntled sister mm-hmm. who's yeah. sort of like popping up to ruin his, you know, his spots yep. him. Yeah. It felt just like it. And just when, a, did, but, when did Ferris Bueller come out? It was like just it was like two years before this. Oh, so yeah, they definitely made this because of Ferris Bueller. Yeah, but the thing with even Ferris Bueller actually is in the eighties. So Corey Feldman's character in this and the best friend in Teen Wolf as well. All these cool guys were actually just assholes. They just they just put on sunglasses. That's and, it. And were yeah. assholes. They were just- <laughs> Legitimate jerks. Like yeah. we did Ferris Bueller recently, or oh, a couple of years ago now. We did Ferris Bueller, and I was like, "Oh, he's kind of a jerk." Like I feel bad for his friend. Mm, he just bullies him around for a day. Yeah, exactly. He, oh man, takes his dad's car. Like that's pretty fucked yeah. up. You sick? Get out of bed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, when you realize Ferris, and again, this is one of my like my ringtone is the theme <laughs> of Ferris Bueller. <laughs> but you know how much I love uh, Ferris Bueller. Like when you watch it, you're like, yeah. He's not nice to anybody. Like he's yeah. not nice to his friend. He's yeah. not he's nice in it for to him. his sister. Yeah. But you know what? I desperately wanted to pull off um, a Ferris Bueller days off. Like I was, mm. it was yeah. a thing yeah. I wanted to do. I almost did it in high school. I just couldn't. I couldn't pull it off the right way. But couldn't get the mannequin to <laughs> sit up to. in bed. You know, the- <laughs> well, I wanted. I wanted an event to go technology. to. Like I wanted, like when he had the parade. Uh, I was like, I want to yeah. go to like an event. Like I want. The 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 crescendo thing, yeah, um, yeah. to sing twist and shout do it. and dunk yeah, the I'm trying to like let's make let's let's do a move, baby. I was like let's. Also, I was like none of my friends have really nice cars, and neither do their parents. So I was like ah shit, I can't steal a nice car. Yeah, yeah. There was no Ferraris lying around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just not in a glass garage. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, just like so glass much. garage. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, I actually, so I have one in defense of aspect of this movie. I think there's one redeeming person. The uh, the mother, played by Carol Kane. Yeah. She was awesome. She was so weird. She was. I didn't realize she, she was, was pregnant so at first. And I, and so she's eating all those, the mashed potatoes thing. I was like, what the fuck is that? I just, I was <laughs> oh, like, yeah, that, yeah like that went by me. A weird Dude, character also, choice. Like, why was it so thick? <laughs> it's like a I solid like, ball. <laughs> yeah. Yep. She was so strange. I mean, she's always a bit weird, right? In like Kimmy Schmidt and I think she was in an episode of Cypher. She's been in heaps of stuff, but mm. she's so odd that it was like every time she was in the scene, I was like, all right, this is interesting. This is a bit of fun. But otherwise, mm. oof. I mean, he had the one friend who was kind of decent, the one with the glasses, but like he didn't snatch homeboy's camera. So I was like, you're still trash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, what about when the police pull him over and there's a, a girl in the boot and they get another call? He's like, this is your lucky day. But there's a girl in the boot of this car. Like, did in they front find of you. the girl in the boot? Did they huh? find her? Yeah. He, oh my God. And he's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, I'm like, that's all you're going to say to him? <laughs> he got like, no license? Is oh a drunk girl in the trunk? Are you going to say, my God. Give me you're a lucky day. And a, and a drunk driver. Oh my God. <laughs> Guys, anyway. I'm sorry again, you know. <laughs> nah, I should have said Batman Returns. It's a it's a blessing though because the shit movies the only the best way to watch a shit movie is then to then be able to talk about it. So <laughs> it makes for a good conversation, yeah. even if it is a shit movie. And it means for our show we're not just going, How good's that movie? How good's that movie? Like yeah, yeah. You need, we need to have a some bit tension. Of, yeah. No, how bad was that? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. On that we note, need it. Should we get into a final verdict here? Yeah. Oof. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I mean, I feel like everyone knows where we're going with this, but Gerard, do you have any like final thought on this movie, whether it's you would recommend anyone rewatching it at, in any circumstance? <laughs> I think I think if you like movies, you should watch it because it is an 80s, movies, uh, 80s movie. If you want to be an actor, you should watch it because if you're not okay. working, you probably feel like you can't act and this movie will feel like... <laughs> I can act. I just haven't been discovered yet. You know what I mean? You, you <laughs> nice. feel a little better. You feel a little better. And that's not to say like I, I, I really do hate watching movies and judging people's performance um, because, you know, that is a, that's a very tough thing to do. But watching mm-hmm. this movie, it felt like it felt like um, one of the Corys didn't want the part he had. You know what I mean? It felt like it, yeah. it felt like Heather Graham didn't get to do anything in here. You know, it. it, it yeah. I think I think we're removed where like no one's gonna take offense if you're like, ooh, this isn't that good. But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, most of these '80s movies were like this, so it's not the best. But I think I have nostalgia for it. It's like I would say watch it, but don't yeah, don't be mad at me when you watch. It. <laughs> Just yeah. put it on in the background, kind of thing, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. What about you, Greg? Uh, I'll probably leave this one in the past. I had such yeah. fond memories of it as a child <laughs> that uh, it was a bit, uh, there were moments of like, oh, yeah, this is nostalgic, but I think 
I think I'll leave this one in the past. What yeah. about you, mate? I think I'm somewhere between the two of you, having no nostalgia on this one whatsoever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it is, there's something, you know, it is enjoyable to watch a It's an artifact. Yeah, it, it is an yeah. interesting 80s cultural artifact. It's the height of the Corys. So for some of those reasons, it's like, what was the deal with the Corys? Maybe watch this movie. Mm. I think there's also there's yeah, some yeah. enjoyment in watching a bad movie sometimes. If, if you're in the mood for like, I just want to watch something shitty. I'll have it on the background. Have we got the movie for you? <laughs> Put that on the poster. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. like we, we we do all these, we have some criteria at the end where we go, okay, does it pass the Bechdel test? No, this one does not. And there's no real diversity at all except for Uncle Phil. Um, special effects test, like there's some decent special effects in there. Um, Has it been the in Simpsons? Well, the, okay, this is what I wanted to touch on. So did the Simpsons do it? This is sort of our over... This oh. is the, at the top of the tree in terms of cultural relevance. Did Simpsons do it? I think there's two things. There's the Corey character in The Simpsons. Here are some words that rhyme with Corey. Glory, story, allegory, Montessori. But I also, my wife picked up on this as well. In the, in the opening, there's a scene of Corey Haim writing on the chalkboard and it is almost shot for shot like there's like two little shots there that are almost identical to the opening of The Simpsons. So I don't know if there's some weird uh, yeah, thing yeah, yeah. that that uh, The Simpsons was drawing on, wow. you know, Bart Simpson type characters at some point and was like, yeah, drawing writing lines on the chalkboard is a great way to, I, I don't know. It was, it's fascinating. I'll put it on wow. Instagram because there's some side-by-side yeah, thing yeah, going like on there it. that is fascinating. Good sleuthing. Are you telling me? That not only was I inspired by License to Drive, there you go. but so was Matt from The Simpsons. Exactly. So this is the thing, right? The, the old butterfly effect. It this movie is important. To... The last yeah. thing we want, imagine if this movie didn't exist and the, the hell we'd be living in today, you know. Who knows who else this inspired? Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. I think we're, this is probably the longest anyone's talked about this movie. I think we've set a record. We've, we've been talking we've, about it longer than it ran first for, off, right? Yeah. I'm about to say, yeah, we are almost five minutes shy of the length of the movie, <laughs> <laughs> including credits. Uh. But uh, thanks so much for joining us. We yeah. really, no, thanks for genuinely me. appreciate it. Yeah, man, um, it's such a, it was uh, it was a real privilege to have you on, mate. So thank you. Listen, if I make it to Australia when the world opens up, or maybe we're just shut down forever, uh, yeah. I'll let you guys know if I make it over. Absolutely. And in the meantime, listeners, make sure you check out Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood. Make sure you check out Astronomy Club on Netflix. Any, anything else you want to plug? Um, no, I think those are the two right now. Hopefully there'll be some more stuff to plug in a couple months. But, you know, oh, I'm working on Showtime. If you have Showtime, watch um, the late night show Deezus and Mero. It's on Thursday and Sunday. Uh, I direct yeah. some of the sketches on that. So watch that show. It is fun. Um, nice. Other than that, yeah, man. Hopefully we have a new show for you coming out soon. So wish awesome. us luck. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. All the best with the with the remainder the of best. that. And we'll um we'll certainly give it a good plug uh when it's when it's available. Yeah. Oh, thank you. All right. What what are we doing next week, Greg? I can't even remember. Nor can I. I think no. are we up to Van Damme? Oh, we're back to Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Jean Claude Van Damme. We, we're doing the quest. Yeah, we do a Jean Claude Van Damme movie every ten episodes, Draw. So it's um we're doing it in chronological all, order movies? as well. There is, believe it or not, we're only up to we've we've done about 15, 13 so far, and we're only up to like nineteen ninety five. So that's his, his new movie. Now. His new movie 
Was it him? No. Sorry, I'm thinking of um freaking Val Kilmer. I thought that he got uh, a Sundance movie or something. No, but it's not him. Never mind. Yeah, it's a documentary day. or something. He's got a new Netflix movie coming out, which we're trying to use as an angle to get him on the podcast, but it's not looking good. Mm. <laughs> no, Spiritful tweeted him. Um, I follow yeah. the movie website, uh, Joe Blow, and they did like an article of like what happened to John Claude Van Damme, but it was like nice to him. Yeah. And he's like messaged them and stuff. Like, all right. Just we'll keep at just it. Yeah. Talk about him. He looks. He has the alert when his name pops up. Yeah. Nice. yeah he pops up now and then. I see him commenting on other things. Like yeah, he'll yeah. comment on like a Conan O'Brien post or something. Random. He's playing hard to get. It's yeah. okay. Well, it's just yeah. all part of the courting process. Yeah, it's all the chase, yeah. No, <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway. Thanks so much again, Gerard. It's been a pleasure, mate. No problem, y'all. All right. Okay. See you guys next week. Bye.